0: Everybody turn over in your Bible to Hosea chapter 4. So today we're going to be we're going to be looking at the second half of Hosea chapter 4. And so I've told you all before that when we go through when we're going through something that if I can dig something out of the Bible, I'm going to try to share it with you, okay? So, and let me just be the first to say, I don't always understand everything that the Bible says. and But I have to study it out, right? So, I don't want to pretend that I know everything, but what I do find by studying out, I want to share with everybody, okay? And uh, so, I, I will try to give you everything that I get. So, how is... But I yes. I don't think you're supposed to understand everything yet. Well, okay. God wants you to have it that moment. Exactly. Because I don't think our, our brains are ready for it. All right. So so um, before we get to where we're going to go, I want to review a little bit on your list there. It says review. So God had a problem with Israel for their in the first half of the chapter. Because for all the you people that was here last week, you can help Fill the blanks in here. God had a problem with Israel, for there was no what in the land. Do you remember? Okay, let's read verse 1. Chapter 4 of Hosea, verse 1 says Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel, for the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God. In the land. Now that's a pretty strong statement coming from the Lord or coming from Hosea. He says, God has a problem with you, and the first thing is, there is no what in the land? No truth. Well, now wait a minute. I thought God was truth. Isn't His word truth? Okay. But they didn't follow it. Okay. There was no truth, and what else was there not in the land? Mercy. Okay, no mercy, and there is no what? Knowledge. 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 Okay, really, if you if you want to preach somewhere, there's your three-point outline right there, and you could go to any, any church in the whole country, and you could preach that outline today, and you'd be right on target, because that kind of fits home with where we are today. There is no truth, there's no mercy, and there's no knowledge of God and land, not because they had never had these but because they had rejected. Sound, again, sound familiar? Yeah. Uh, the Bible is such a neat Bible and you have people that go, oh, you know, we don't want to read those books in the Old Testament because they're just irrelevant today. Have you read them? The answer is No. Okay? Because they had rejected them and forgotten them. Okay. Now I used to go into detention centers, juvenile detention centers, and and most of the time it used to be when I first started, I would say, H- "Have any of you do you know any Bible stories? Do you, do you know stories of uh, David and and Goliath?" And kids would know that, but it seemed like as I'm getting old now because that's been a while back. But the last few years, I'd go in and it's like the kids didn't know anything about the Bible. They don't teach it in grade school as they did in the times. Okay, I don't remember them teaching it when I was in school in the '60s. But even now, kids don't even hear it anywhere. At least there was, you know, a lot of times you would talk to kids and, or you'd talk to adults and go, I remember stories in the Bible because when I went to Sunday school as a kid. You, but that's not even the case. Or Bible school. I never went to church, but I did go to Bible school okay. one time. Okay, so my point is is even now today when I can go into the juvenile detention center and talk to kids and a lot of them have never opened up a Bible, never went to Bible school, never went to Sunday school and so it's just becoming foreign in our country now they don't school parents don't school. that's true because they have rejected the bible and they've forgotten even what they did learn ok and the thing is they should not have forgotten because in the beginning God told them you know write it on the parts of your body and write on the, the clothing and you've got to teach your children day by day all of these things and so they should not have forgotten if they had obeyed what God wanted them to do. And yet there's a lot of people that did have went through church, have went to Sunday school, have learned the story, have learned the Bible, maybe even went through discipleship, and they just kind of go off mm-hmm. into left field. That's happened to people here in our church that we know of. And you sit there and you shake your head and you go, no, wait a minute. It's not because they wasn't taught the truth at this church, but yet they're just kind of out in in the in their in the field right now, okay? They to do their own thing. Right, they wanted, and they just kind of forgot not today, not. what they were what they had learned. You're right; it's For not it's not with them. So, uh, turn over in your Bible to Romans 15:4. One of my favorite chapters in, in, or chapters. One of my favorite verses in the whole Bible is Romans 15:4. And I've used this verse, and it has several different nuances in the meaning, or you can use this several different ways. It says, for whatsoever things were written aforetime. So when would that aforetime be? Well, this is in Romans, but to us, Romans is even old. So the whole Bible, not just the Old Testament. So for whatsoever things were written aforetime, were written for our what? Learning. learning. Number one, I've been, using, again, when I was a younger Christian, I used this verse saying, hey, we have got to read the Bible for our learning. But, and we, through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. And now the older I've gotten, the more I realize you, for me to get some hope and, and, and to keep going strong... I got to get it from the Bible, okay? So it's for our learning, it's for our hope, it's for everything for us. It's for our uh, you know, our walk on a daily basis. So in other words, it's more than just for our learning. Because you can get your head puffed up and you can know all the stories, but if you don't apply it to your life it doesn't really help you out and that's what happens with a lot of people they may learn the stories but they don't use them in their life okay so we're going to i got a few things here under these bullet points and we're going to look at today real quickly adam and eve blank god's rule what do you think goes in that blank rejection is a hard word, word. that that would be correct but what i had was disobeyed Because how many rules did Adam and Eve have that God told them? They had one rule. Don't eat of this tree. And they messed that up. But you know what? I see people today with the same problem that Adam and Eve had. Now, the Bible says that Eve was somewhat tricked, and I haven't quite figured that out in my own mind but it says Adam and Eve both disobeyed God but when when Adam disobeyed God he knew it he knew it so what did he do he looked at Eve and he looked and he remembered what God said and what did he do he went with Eve I see that happen all the time. I see that happen in this church. I see somebody come in and it could be a man or a woman and they come in and and their life may be in a mess or maybe they just come in, they start learning the Bible and the next thing you know, their life starts getting on track and they meet, if it's a young lady, they meet a man or if it's a man, they meet a lady and they throw God out the window and they go with the woman or the man because they choose them and over God. Oh, the lust of the flesh okay and it's like same things happening right and so if people would take the, read that what Adam and Eve did and then look at it and then maybe realize it in their own life it's like you know what I can't allow a man or a woman to come into my life even though you know I, I, I desire a relationship but I can't allow that to affect it more And overrule what God says. Because that's what happened with Adam and Eve. Adam just, he just ignored, rejected. He didn't forget what God said. He did not use it. He did not obey it. So Adam disobeyed God's rule. Now let's think about the next one is Abel. Did Abel obey God's law? Okay, so Abel obeyed God's law. While Cain Disobeyed. disobeyed. We could also say Abel honored God by obeying, but the main thing is he obeyed. Okay, And, and here's another thing, another rule here. Sometimes you will do what's right and you will get it in the neck still. Abel did what was right and he got killed for it. But it wasn't his fault. I mean, it wasn't his doing. Right. Okay, sometimes you think, why in the world do I do what's right? And it seems like I'm the only one that has problems. And the guy that I know that lives across the street or maybe the guy I know in my family that is the worst monk in the t- in town that does everything wrong, that does sin all the time, nothing bad happens to him. But man, I'm trying to do what's right and everything bad happens to me. Do you ever think of that about that? Maybe it's just me that has these pity parties, but I'm like, I'd go into juvenile detention centers and work with kids, and I would ask them what the, and what. I'm not. I wasn't supposed to ask them what they did, but you know, you know, we would we would play games. Or this one particular detention center or jail that we went in, we played basketball with them for about 30 minutes and we had a Bible study. Well, it really wasn't a Bible study. It was an evangelistic Bible story and we and we saw a lot of kids get saved. But while we're sitting there and having a rapport with them, you know, I wouldn't just try to find out everything about them, but I'd, you know, find out a little bit of information about them and one of the things, I might just ask one of the kids, it was maybe they're sitting on the bench because they wasn't playing ball and I go, okay, so, you know, what do you do to get in here, you know? And then just try to encourage them. And I found out a lot of the time this story kept popping up over and over. Well I was with three of my friends and we were out, we were driving and we were doing this, and uh, we got in trouble, and the police caught us. and but they go, "You know what it doesn't I, I don't understand this because my other three friends, they're not in jail, they got out, but I'm in jail. That happened over and over, and a lot of the time, almost 99% of the time, the kid that got caught and got put in jail was a Christian. The rest of them that were not, it's like... So it was a wake-up call. It was a wake-up. It was God telling them, saying, Hey, you're doing what's wrong, and you're going to pay the time, and I'm going to try to wake you up. The rest of the kids, he wasn't God's children, so they just kind of got left. It was always the Christian that got it. But then they were doing what was wrong, and God was trying to and to that boy that God's waking up that God is going to use one day for these guys over here. Okay. Yes. So you know th- they were they were Christians doing what's wrong, and like God would chastise them. So again, kind of like Abel. They now they wouldn't quite like that because, but they still got chastised. Uh, basically for doing wrong but they were Christians but Abel obeyed God and he he got killed while Cain disobeyed and yet Cain got to live so you could sit there and be mad at God and go you know God you're not fair but he was cursed the rest of his life yeah he was did Cain ever make it right with God did you ever see where Cain did the right sacrifice God told Cain go get the right sacrifice and it'll be okay did he do it He didn't do it, and I I went back and read it this morning. I can't find it; it's not there. Did did Adam learn from his problem? From his mistakes or his sin? Did he learn from that? Is there any other record of him going astray? No, there's no other record, really, of that. Now, I will say this. How did these two boys know they were to do a sacrifice to the Lord? It had to come from their parents. Mm -hmm. So I do know that Adam and Eve, one of them, if not both of them, did talk to their kids and explain to them what they should do. I do know that, okay? So Adam and Eve disobeyed, Abel obeyed, while Cain disobeyed. How about Noah? What do you think goes in your blank? He obeyed. He obeyed. What would have happened if if Noah would not have obeyed? Nobody would be here. Everybody would have drowned, right? Okay, so we'll go a little bit, a little step farther. How about David? David sinned. sinned. Your first blank is sinned. But here is the difference between David and other people in the Bible. Here's the difference between David and Cain. Okay, David sinned and then confessed. Your next blank is he confessed. He confessed his sins and he asked for forgiveness. But he continued to sin. All people continue to sin, yes. David, I mean, he he sinned several times. Well, let's put it this way: He sinned just like everybody else, but he he majorly sinned. I mean, I hope none of you in here have, have murdered anybody, but yet David murdered people. David committed adultery. I mean, David did some whoppers. But what would happen? Remember when when Nathan came to David and he said and he gave him a story and, and uh, uh, about a man and a sheep and he goes, and then David's like well that guy that took that guy's sheep he needs to be killed and Nathan goes you're the man and David's like oh my and then David went to the temple and he fell down before the Lord and confessed it and asked for forgiveness that was the difference and, and so there are a lot of people in the Old Testament that were biggest rascals you can think of I mean big time but they made it right with God that's what God wants. You can be the worst sinner, but if you confess your sins and come before God and ask for forgiveness, God's going to do it. Okay. So my point in, in all this is we need to look at these lessons, all the stories in the Bible, and see what these people did or what they didn't do and then learn from what they did or didn't do. Okay. So the Israelites in Hosea's day, they rejected and forgot that goes in your blank. God's words. We just saw that in chapter 4 of Hosea. Okay? We saw that down in uh, verse 6 of Hosea. It says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because they have rejected knowledge. He goes, I will also reject thee that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of, the, of thy God. I will also forget thy children. So God gets to a point where he's basically almost had it with them. Okay. So today, in our life, your next line there, today we need to trust and obey God's word. There used to be a song that said that, wasn't it? Right. Trust and obey. Is. Okay, there still is. We don't sing it much, right? Trust and obey, for there's no other way. Okay, uh, we need to trust and obey God's word. That we need. That we should. What do you think goes in that first blank? Accept. Accept Christ redemption and. Next blank is walk two things that i think a christian would do or a, anybody should do if you're a lost person this is what you should do accept christ and then after you accept christ you walk in the spirit and that's that's pretty basic but if we would do that that's all god requires he wants us to walk in the spirit how do you walk in the spirit by putting god's word in your life by by praying by you know by by living the walk that we need to do so the next line down says, if we would run every decision through the Bible and through prayer, it would save us many, many problems. Okay? Now, some people just live by the seat of their pants. They, they don't plan. They just, whatever happens, happens. And yet their life is, is, shows that. And uh, so we talked about somebody this morning, and they don't make good decisions. And so there's people all the time that I see the, the, their life is a mess just because of the decisions that they've made. Man, I'd like to go back and change a lot of my decisions because there's some that that I just bombed at. Okay, I'd like to do them over again. You know, I'd like to stop and go. Hey, I want to redo. Uh, um, I'm not going to get that. That chance, I don't think. So that would change everything else. I'd still do it. <laughs> yes, that's my point. Yes, there's things that I there's things that I should have just went back to the Bible and went back to God in prayer and got His word, His advice, and what the Holy Spirit told me, and I should have done that. Now, even if now let's go a step farther. Some people like to plan. Okay. I'm a planner. I do like to plan. Uh, I like to find out the facts. My wife likes to do that too. It's like when we buy something, we research it to death before we ever usually buy something. I mean, and then when we buy something, we usually buy something that's going to last. I mean, we do all the homework. Some people don't do that at all, but that's us. But my point is... Today, that's a good thing. I mean, we need to plan. You need to plan for a retirement. You need to plan for what you're having for dinner tonight. I mean, we plan all the time, right? But, but when we put ourselves as supreme ruler instead of going to God and getting His knowledge and His guidance, that's when we're wrong, okay? So we're just as wrong as the guy that doesn't plan. The point is we need to go to the Lord, to get his guidance in his direction. Now, I mean, there's things that you know we don't have to make a list of things to do and pray about. It get up today. Yeah. Does anybody pray about getting up in the morning? Uh, um, Sharon, do you make a list out that says I need to pray about feeding my? Chicken? No, but as I walk. <laughs> okay. Help me to make each step into the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I mean there are some things that are just obvious and common sense tells us to pray about. But but there's a lot of things, a lot of decisions that we are like, well, I know we could do this. Well, we need to have the attitude to go to go to prayer and again, s- still ask the Lord, but then make our decisions based on what the Holy Spirit tells us and what God's Word does. And if we would do that Because sometimes, guess what? No matter how smart I think I am, I'm not that smart. Okay? Uh, Maybe it's just me. But so, basically, we've got to run every decision in our life through God's Word and and through the Holy Spirit. Okay? So now, like Brian says, I'm just now up to the lesson. That that was a long lesson, but we'll, we'll keep going. Hosea chapter 4, and let's read 11 through 19. And we'll try to get through this. It says, Whoredom and wine and new wine take away the heart. Verse 11. Okay? My people ask counsel at their stocks. It's not Wall Street stocks, guys. And their staff declareth unto them, For the spirit of whoredoms hath caused them to err, and they have gone a whoring from under their God. They sacrifice upon the tops of mountains, and burn incense upon the hills, under oaks, and poplars, and elms, because the shadow thereof is good. Therefore your daughters shall commit whoredom, and your spouses shall commit adultery. I will not punish your daughters when they commit whoredoms, nor your spouses when they commit adultery. For themselves are separated with whores, and they sacrifice with harlots. That's, not, that's just not a real nice message to tell people, is it? But I mean, this is pretty rough. It says, "Therefore the people that doth not understand shall fall. Though thou Israel play the harlot, yet not yet let not Judah offend, and come not ye into Gilgal, neither go ye up to Beth Avon, nor swear the Lord liveth. For Israel slideth back as a backsliding heifer, and now the Lord will feed them as a lamb in a large place. Ephraim is joined to idols, let him alone. Their drink is sour, they have committed whoredom. Continually her rulers with shame do love, give ye. The wind hath bound her up in her wings, and they shall be ashamed because of their sacrifices. That that is a rough passage to go through, but we're going to sit, kind of go through this real quick. Whoredom is defined in this context in verse eleven as idolatry. Again, over and over in the book of Hosea, idolatry and uh, and uh, adultery are are kind of likened together. Okay, so and the reason is is because when the people serve false idols. God likens that as his wife going and, and, and committing adultery, okay? So when it says, a lot of times we've been going through that, and I'll just remind you again, a lot of times we'll see whoredom and adultery, and, and they're talking about their people falling down and worshiping idols. That's what we're talking about here. So whoredom is defined here in this chapter as idolatry, Okay. And then wine is talked about in verse 11. It says, whoredom and wine. Isn't that funny how they go together? Idolatry. Let's put it this way. Idolatry and wine. And then new wine take away the heart. So we're going to look at that real quick. So we already know what whoredom is defined here. It's idolatry. What is wine? Let's it, it's stop and think. It's, wine is fermented grape juice. Okay, so that goes in your blind. Okay. It is fermented grape juice. Now, again, you guys are the advanced Bible class, and so I don't have to go through all these verses. But we will. Okay. So turn over in your Bible to Genesis nine twenty. I will just tell you this: Christianity is accepting drinking more and more and it is totally against what the bible says it is very acceptable to a lot of christians and a lot of churches hey if you want to drink wine that's fine that's not what the bible says and i'm seeing i've seen that kind of evolve during my life too i really have so genesis 921 i got to get to the right one somebody read that for me 921 of the wine and was, he was uncovered within his tent. okay so we're talking about no, we're talking about Noah here and it's not a really good story about Noah but it basically doesn't leave out any details about what happens when you drink real wine you or you drink excess of it so yes so you he was what's it say again he was drunk? drunk. Okay, so ferment, do you, get, do you get drunk on grape juice? No. Nobody gets drunk on grape juice, right? But if it's fermented, you can. Now turn over to Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 1. Proverbs 20 and verse 1 says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Why is it that God doesn't want people to drink and to get drunk? Because they become unsober. And when you're not sober, you do not have control of your facilities or your brain. And God doesn't want us to be in that position. Okay? so it says here 20 verse 1 says wine is a mocker strong drink is raging and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise ok so what's the Bible say if you drink and get drunk you're not wise ok and then let's see let's go to Proverbs 31 if you're in here today and you like to drink wine um, I'm hey do what you want I'm just telling you what the Bible says Okay, I'd say not, not to though, but Proverbs 31, 1 through 7, it says, The words of King Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him, listen to your mother, right? What my son, and what the son of my womb, and what the son of my vows? Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. Did you catch that? Not to ways that destroyeth kings. It is not for kings, O Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink. Verse 5, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. And then it goes on in verse 6 to say this is who you give uh, strong drink or wine to. Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish and wine unto those that be of heavy hearts. Let him drink and forget his poverty and remember his misery no more. So basically she's telling him for kings... You need to keep your your senses about you. You've got to keep your your wits about you. You cannot afford to be running around not knowing what you're doing or not knowing what's going on. So stay away from strong drinks. Stay, stay away from wine. Okay. So this wine back in Hosea chapter four and verse eleven it says, Horedom and wine and new wine take away the heart." I will tell you today many Christians will use this verse to say it's okay to drink wine. They use this verse because it says whoredom and wine and new wine. So it talks about both kinds of wine and it's, so it's okay. Um, but they're not uh, saying what new wine is. They're not understanding what new wine is. Right. So what is new wine? Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you mentioned that. So turn back to Genesis chapter 40. Genesis chapter 40 and verses 10. We'll start off there. And it says, And in the vine were three branches, and it was as though it budded, and her blossom shot forth, and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup. And I gave the cup unto Pharaoh's hand. And so what we have here, I want to stop right there. What we have is... Is the baker and the butler story with Joseph, and in this story we see really what is what is grape juice or what is the the fruit of the vine here? It's like where they take a cluster of grapes and they immediately crush it and put it. That is new wine. That is unfermented. Okay. So turn over to Isaiah 65 in verse eight. Isaiah 65.8 says, Thus saith the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster. Okay, new wine is, is found in what? It's in the cluster of the grapes. And one saith, destroy it not, for a blessing is in it. So will I do, for my servants' sakes, that I may not destroy them all. So again, the context is new wine is grape juice. It's still basically just in the cluster, squeezed into the into the cup. Same thing in the Lord's supper. If you go back and read the Lord's supper, I believe they actually take grapes and and squish them into the cup. At the very time they're doing the Lord's Supper. Go back and look at that, okay? So we know that new wine is unfermented. So the question is, remember I said, I I'd try, try to get you whatever I can pick up from it. So again, verse 11 of, of Hosea 4 says, horedom and wine and new wine. So we went through all those, take away the heart. Okay, I know how idolatry can take away your heart because it takes your heart off from what God is. Uh, I understand what wine can take away your heart because it'll get you in Lollaville drunken where you don't know what you're doing. But where in the world and why in the world can new wine take away your heart? How did that fit in the equation? Did you guys I tell you I'm just like you guys I ask questions when I'm reading the Bible too So you're sitting along it's like okay I got the first one I got the second one and I'm like now wait a minute I don't understand how new wine can take away somebody's heart. Well new wine here is basically symbolizing material prosperity okay Remember there's a story in the New Testament. Where there's a vineyard and the owner of the vineyard sends uh, a servant to, to, to receive of the, the fruit of the vineyard and they chase him out. And then they send another servant and what do they do to him? They beat him up, right? And then the guy goes, "I'm going to send my son," and, and the servants that have the the, the vineyard they'll uh, they'll they'll respect my son, and they'll give him the the reward of of uh, the fruit of the vineyard. And what do they do to him? him? They kill him. Okay. So the wine in that story is unfermented wine. So it's 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 the grape juice, and so. The whole story the whole the whole what I want to say here the the moral of the story or the the, the the crux of the story is is prosperity the people that was in control of the vineyard didn't want to give of of their fruit they didn't want to give their crop to the rightful owner they wanted to keep it for their own prosperity okay so in this passage here it's talking about don't let don't let it, the bad things in your life or even the good things of your life take you away. Take your heart away. So we see that here in, in America, right? We, we see people that can be uh, they can be a constant drunk. Well, they're not obeying God. They're they're out of God's will. But then we see people on the flip side of that that they are total prosperity. And, and their heart's taken away too, isn't it? Because they're allowing the things that they have to take their heart away. So that's kind of what we're seeing in the passage here. Okay. So, um, the whoredom that we talked about too here is going to be explained in the passage. It says, verse 12, My people ask counsel at their stocks. And I said earlier, we're not talking about Wall Street stocks. What kind of stocks do you think we're talking about? Cattle and such. No, 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 no. Okay. Um, okay, so under A, God's people ask counsel of their stocks. So stocks goes in your blank. So let's turn over to Jeremiah chapter 2. And we're going to see if we can define what this stock is. Well, I think, okay, we're going to find out what a stock is. It may not be what you think. Okay. Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 26 through 27. says, As the thief is ashamed when he is found, so is the house of Israel ashamed. They, their kings, their princes, and their priests, and their prophets, saying to a stock... Thou art my father, and to a stone thou hast brought me forth, for they have turned their back unto me, and not their face, but in the time of their trouble they will say, Arise and save us. So we're talking about something made out of wood, and we're talking about something made out of stone here. Okay, so the stock is something that's made out of wood. Okay, so go down to... um, um, Chapter three of Jeremiah and verse nine. Chapter three and verse nine says, And it came to pass through the lightness of her whoredom that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and with stocks. Okay, so you're saying, Bob, you just gave me one more thing. Okay. So what is a stock? Well, it's in your blank there. What is a stock? It is a tree stump. It's the stump of a tree. A tree stump. So let's turn over to Isaiah, and we're going to kind of stop today, but on this note Isaiah chapter 18. I'm sorry, Isaiah. Isaiah, we're going to read 18 through 20. It says, They have not known nor understood, for he hath shut their eyes that they cannot see, and their hearts that they cannot understand. And none considereth in his heart, neither is there knowledge nor understanding to say, I have burned part of it in the fire. Yea, also I have baked bread upon the coals thereof. I have roasted flesh and eaten it. And shall I make the residue thereof of an abomination? Shall I fall down to the stock of a tree? A tree. Yes, the stock of a tree. So, what is a stock? It's a tree stump, it's something that they've made into an idol. So we know idols, you know, they make them out of gold silver. You know, this must be the the the, the poor people. <laughs> They're making their idols out of out of wood. Can it be like a totem pole. Yes. I you know, the, I've always wondered where the totem poles like up in Alaska and stuff came from. That's a stock that's an idol when you look at all those things I don't know if you ever looked at it like that they have you know they have pictures of an eagle and a man and this or that but in their worship that is a god to them and so God's people here are asking counsel of a tree stump. How do you think God likes that? It's like guys have you lost your mind uh, No wonder God's upset with them. I mean, it would be, it would be like your kids coming, you know, coming to the tree in your front yard and going, "Hey, Dad, give me some advice on this." And they fall down and worship the tree, and you're like, and you're standing there at the porch looking at these guys, and you go, "I think our kid has done lost it." That's kind of how God thinks of it. Okay, so uh, we'll pick up here next week where we left off. But a stock in the Bible, and it says there, a stock. We're basically just talking about a stupid tree stump okay so next week we'll, we'll finish with the rest of this so again we won't no I won't be here next week will I so when I come back in a couple weeks we'll, we'll finish this up or you can study through this chapter so not what's that <laughs> okay so we're going to f- learn some more things next week and what I do want to say in the book of Hosea, see you got all these little nuances and all these little things put in there and God's giving them you know what's happening in the land but same thing that's happening in our land today same thing that's happening in our churches today they are forgetting God's laws they're forgetting who he is and they're doing their own thing it's right here there's nothing new under the sun And so we'll we'll continue on, and we're going to talk about staffs, and we're going to talk about the people doing what's wrong. And and again, we'll finish this in in a couple weeks. So uh, we'll go ahead and put any questions today. And and, and I don't know how detailed. I know I'm probably going through this fairly detailed, but you know what? That's how we learn, right? Yes. How far apart, I admit my ignorance here, how far apart are these written? How how long was one written before he could find out what a stock was? Well, I mean, were these all written? Yeah. this This book of Hosea, Isaiah, Jeremiah, these people understood what a stock was. I mean, to us, it, it's it's not real apparent, so we got to kind of dig into it to find out what it is. You didn't have a lot of paper right but you know to to do to to do wrong in society you don't have to write everybody a book to let them know what to do is wrong do you it seemed like that just falls natural but but to us worshipping idols is not a big deal because because with us we don't do that so we don't see it but in the land here that was that was prevalent it was kind of like drinking here everybody just think drinking is normal right to the most part not, not everybody but I mean society thinks that well you just that's what you do I've, I've even had Christian friends that went on a camp out church camp out and they go you know, and, and they go wow I didn't we didn't realize you could camp out without drinking because the society is just wow and so at the time, the society was prevalent with worshiping idols and God is not happy with them. And that's what's going on with Hosea. So let's, let's pray and then we'll, we'll move on. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the book of Hosea and how uh, the truths in Hosea are the same truths today, Lord. So I pray that you'd help us to see their faults, this, their sins and what they did wrong, Lord, and, uh, and correct that so that we don't make those same mistakes, Lord. Uh, not only the the, the drinking but also the prosperity Lord or to the point where we think we make all of our decisions instead of going to you so I just pray for our class I pray for our church that we would put our focus on you and ask you for our advice and direction and I just pray for our main service today pray for all the people we prayed for on our list today Lord that you would just put your hand upon them and we ask all this in Christ's name Amen So. In the book of Hosea, it's just rampant. Sin is rampant, and what we'll see at the end of the book, God just says, "I'm done with you. Go do whatever you want to do because I can't control you." And we'll get to that next week. Four idols now, but we've got intelligence. We've got you know all the that things computers. that people idolize. They're idols, just as bad. Prosperity is rampant today. The, the more you have the more people have things the less they need God it's, it's kind of, but at the same time well if that was true then all the poor people around the world they'd all be saved That's, so, so that doesn't work either so several things can take you apart from God poverty can take you away from God having riches can take you away from God it, you've got to focus on God and His word whether you're rich or poor and it'll work yeah. it's discouraging sometimes when you read along and read along and read along and you go what did that say <laughs> yeah what well, is a stock you know uh, and you, you just gotta have to get a dictionary out or a concordance out and, and look at it and, and say you know what, what do I need here I'm going to turn this off.